Good to see a lot of new faces. Uh, feel free at the end if you'd like to get some prayer, always come up. Yeah, it'd be amazing. So good to have, so good to be in the house of the Lord. Um, it's awesome that today we took a little bit more time of worshiping God. And uh, Johnny also brought up the scripture that I, uh, which was, uh, if you were watching the Chosen series, and uh, it is such a phenomenal job. By far, this is the best, most powerful scene I've ever seen setting up um, of that woman with touching the garment. Um, amazing is that that faith, as I've already mentioned, right? Faith is what drives us. And um, I honestly, I had a, one message in mind, and then this last Friday, just the Holy Spirit really just put a heavy on me to talk about the importance of the Holy Spirit. And I think at the beginning of the year, not just the beginning, think about it. people make plans for the beginning of the year and what they want to do and what they want to achieve. Last time I shared, I talked about the importance of faith being the cornerstone. Because a lot of times we make this church kind of like this, just a ritual that we do at the end of the weekend or, you know, first day of the week. Um, but we want to, if we really want to grow our faith, if we really want to see full potential in Christ, we have to put time and effort into it. Amen? So if you don't put time and effort to gym, if you want to get fit, if you don't work out, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to, it doesn't matter how much you can try to order those special uh, belts that you just sit on the couch and eat and it just automatically just sits there and forms, gives you some abs and things like that. Anytime we want to pursue anything, we have to put effort into it. Uh, I'm sure spouses, when you first, you know, saw each other, you were doing everything you can to pursue that, right, intimacy, to get close. Uh, but for some reason, when it comes to the things of God, uh, we don't do that. And that is the most essential things. And I love that the ladies that are call it, they're doing the, the essentials, okay? So the most essential things are things uh, not seen. And uh, last time I talked about investing into faith more than anything, because when we put God in the cornerstone, the perspective of everything, of your career, your relationship, your parenting, um, anything, uh, when, you got, when you invite God, right, in, in all ways, when you acknowledge him, he will direct your paths. He will be able to show you how to do, uh, you know, how to drive. I mean, for some people, they need that, right? <laughs> uh, I've met not long ago a person that, like, uh, just gets a bunch of tickets regularly. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? He's like, man, I don't know what it is. And I'm like, well, wh what's going through your mind when you're driving? I just felt led to talk about that. He was like, I don't know. I'm always thinking about everything that I need to do. And I said, why don't you start worshiping the Lord and just calming your mind down? And a few weeks ago, he calls me. He's like, man, that was amazing. Um, started practicing that, and it's yeah. awesome to see. Uh, I just started driving speed limit. I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So um, we're living just in times of just busyness. We have plans to do, the things we want to achieve for our personal things. But again, I want to say most importantly is put things that are of eternity because those are the things that value the most. At the end of the day, when that breath is taken, if you think about it, what's going to happen with us? Where, where's our spirit going? Where's our soul going, right? And the Lord wants us to focus on things that are not seen because those things are very important. And uh, so the, the word really just came the, uh, as I was driving by AutoZone. <laughs> and uh, I just, AutoZone. And for some reason I was like, huh, how about getting into faith zone? And, um, and you know, the thing is, though, we all talk about faith and how to grow your faith, how to do this and how to do that. And really the essential thing to a faith is Holy Spirit. 
if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, your faith won't grow. It's simple. When you, when you accept Christ into your life, right, we receive Holy Spirit, and then we can also go deeper in that. He can give you the gift of speaking in tongues. He can really uh, develop your gift, I should say. But Holy Spirit is what drives us. when we're, we're marked by the Holy Spirit when we accept Christ into our life. And it becomes evident in all things that I'm doing, everything that you're doing, right? But your actions, your words. And so we do everything we can to grow our faith, but how do we do that, right? It's getting into the Holy Spirit, getting into His presence. When you're walking in His presence, Holy Spirit guides you, okay? That means your actions follow with that, right? And you're able to have that faith. And that way, but if you're not walking with the Holy Spirit, let me make myself clear. Uh, just because you sinned or something like that, Holy Spirit doesn't leave. Because think about it, why would God take away the most important thing that gives you back to presence of God, what drives you, that gives you condemnation, not condemnation, it gives you um, uh, just advice to say, hey, don't go there. Condemnation, the devil, what he does is he gives condemnation. So every time you screw up, you say, you're a nobody, quit. Just quit, don't try it again. Holy Spirit is the only thing that actually draws us back and says, oh, come to the Father. Come to the Father, right? So Holy Spirit is what is essential for us to get into the faith zone. And if I don't spend time with the Holy Spirit, I will not know what he's like. Think about it. When you, if you don't know your spouse, right, you, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to talk about common things. If you're just like, oh, we're married, that's it. Think about it. When you first, that's why that's so important. I love the way the Lord always talks, uses an example of think of your first love. As we're talking about spiritual things, it's, it's all, always the same too. Every one of us had this experience. I hope all, if not, you will have that experience today. When you first were touched by the Holy Spirit, you felt the conviction, not condemnation, conviction of the Holy Spirit, and it draws you closer to God. Say, God, I want you. I am hungry for you. Yes, I messed up, Lord, but I want to be made whole. And the thing is, so in order for us to achieve that, okay, uh, to get back, we have to a lot of times remind ourselves of our first love. Uh, I noticed that when I started focusing, and don't just do it when it's around your anniversary day, but when you start thinking of all those moments you met your spouse, your husband, your wife, um, it's amazing how that actually uh, kindles the fire for each other. And the um, same thing when we think of eternity, when we think about all the good things that God has done for us, it draws us closer to him. We start thinking about the times he has saved us and rescued us in the most difficult situations. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's, uh, let's get in the faith zone. Amen? Um, let's have a prayer. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this time of worship. Lord, I thank you, Father God, for your word. And I pray, Lord, you would move upon our hearts and help us, Lord, to understand the importance of what it is to be led by the Holy Spirit. The importance of being intimate with the Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord. I pray that you would just speak to us right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, all Christians, we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but not all of us have intimacy. And this is what I wanted to bring that today, talking about closeness with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the difference between relationship and intimacy, um, you can have your relationship with friends, right? People that we know, co-workers, but intimate relationship, you should technically only have it with your spouse. Amen? Wow. This is where that is person right next to you right there. 
uh, in life. And so same way in relationship with the Holy Spirit comes, I want to explain, comes through our salvation, right? When we first got to know the Holy Spirit, man, we were very intimate. We felt that closeness of the Spirit. Um, but intimacy, right? So between relationships is when the Holy Spirit comes in our life. But intimacy is when we uh, surrender, okay? When we're finally like, Lord, you're just involved in all parts of my life, amen? So, and in order to walk in the Holy Spirit, we must talk with the Holy Spirit, right? Same is true in a human relationships I already mentioned. Uh, if you're just going on a date and just chatting about yourself all the time, most likely you're not going to get a second date. <laughs> and that's a lot of times what we happen. We just come in and we feel like we list off a Christmas list before the Lord. Like, da -da -da -da, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that, I want this. And then, and then you just, boom, close the door and walk out. Um, and the Holy Spirit's like, oh, what about, you know, me talking to you, right? Yeah. Because it's a relationship, amen? It's an intimate relationship. So oftentimes, though, us as believers, we treat the Holy Spirit like that. We just come in, just say whatever we need to say, just all our frustrations, and then we leave. I mean, it's great to still pour out your heart before the Lord. Nothing wrong with that. But the Lord wants to really speak to us. And when we actually sometimes we look and we're like, that's the devil, that's the devil. And God is like using the very same thing to try to actually speak to you. <laughs> we're trying to, and the Lord is like, come to my quiet place. Let me explain it to you. And I noticed how many times where I was like, um, hit some kind of difficult situation. And then when I get on my knees and I just finally just kind of take a couple of deep breaths and I just like, Lord, I just want to be in your presence. All of a sudden, it's like this puzzle starts coming together. You just start worshiping the Lord and Oh, this incident happened so I can lead you to this. This made me, you dependent on me. I'm using that. <laughs> Don't fight something that I'm using. The very thing that I'm using to get you into the promises. Amen? So this is the challenge today is to come uh, to the understanding and knowledge of what is Holy Spirit, what it is to be intimate with the Holy Spirit. Amen? So in order to walk with the Holy Spirit, we got to talk with the Holy Spirit, right? So today I want to use uh, King Saul's script. Uh, uh, this story as a backdrop for the message, um, and I think it will help us understand what it means when the Holy Spirit drives you and when he doesn't, okay? And I came up with these six awesome points that I think are very practical uh, when the Holy Spirit is your guide. Number one, when the Holy Spirit drives you, you will attack the enemy instead of agreeing with the enemy, okay? We're very, we're very much living in the spiritual times, and we're continuously bombarded whether with information, uh, or whatever. We just keep scrolling. We keep feeding. I mean, there's a reason they call it feed, right? You're just feeding your brain, <laughs> comparing. Oh, I need to get that. I need to do this. Da -da -da -da. You know, just everything. And nowadays, I mean, obviously, they're listening to your microphone. I mean, you can turn that off on your device. But you just talk about something, and it appears on your phone. But if we're not walking with the Holy Spirit, what happens is we started, um, we're just focusing on the wrong battles, Okay. But when the Holy Spirit drives you, you actually attack the enemy. You're able to identify, wait a minute, Lord, that's not from you. That is the devil trying to attack me, right? So, number one, you will attack the enemy instead of agreeing with the enemy when the Holy Spirit is your guide. And 1 Samuel uh, talks about the first victory that King Saul had. Um, and it actually shows how bold Saul was when he had the anointing of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, and it, Saul was actually prophesying. Uh, I don't know if many people know, because a lot of times we see Saul in a negative light. He was just a first king. Uh, by the way, little pointer, I guess when you ask that question, who's the first king, people say King Saul. The scripture actually talks about that 
Moses was the first uh, king of Israel. So in case if there's ever Bible trivia anywhere, you'll win that one. You can thank me later. Uh, we had that on our, <laughs> at our family Christmas time dinner. So um, first victory, and here's, you know, Saul being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, I mean, he was even prophesying. People are like, he must be a prophet. Uh, but later in chapter 11, we see that uh, an Israelite city was under attack. And they sent word to the other Israelites, you know, surrounding areas asking for help. Check this out. 1 Samuel chapter 11, verse 6 through 7. Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news. And his anger was greatly aroused. So he took a yoke of oxen and cut them into pieces. And sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of messengers. Saying, whoever does not go out with Saul and Samuel to battle. Look how awesome this is. Saul and Samuel. This is a prophet and the king, right? Side by side. We're talking about God needs to be involved in everything. When somebody tells me, oh, I don't do politics. Well, you don't have to do politics. But faith is directly connected. What happens in the government? How, what, how church is? will directly impact how the country is. Because if my people pray, <laughs> right, come on. Yeah, God, God will hear, he will heal the land. So that's just a little plug there. But whoever does not go out with Saul and Sam, uh, Samuel to battle, so this is King Saul, you know, the boldness that comes. So it shall be done to this oxen. And the fear of the Lord fell on the people, and they came out with one cons uh, consent. So... Yes, pretty intense. He cuts up the socks and says, if you guys don't go fight with us, this is going to happen to you. I mean, yes. At first I thought, yeah, of course the, the, the fear of the Lord fell on the people. And then the Lord's like, wait a minute, read that again. This is where the revelation came. Fear of the Lord, not fear of Saul. Okay? <laughs> so when we heed to the Holy Spirit, he directs us to victory. Uh, he guides us out, out of potentially harmful things. And I've noticed that so many times in my life. So... It's amazing that the fear of God, it's not the fear of Saul that came upon people, right? It's the fear of God that came upon people. So when Holy Spirit drives you, that's, it's going to be noticed by others, okay? Uh, there's, there's, I, I want to say there's some kind of spiritual respect in many ways. Um, I've been, and I can testify that with people that spend a lot of time in the prayer and with the Holy Spirit, it's incredible. You get around them and you just feel that presence of God. And I can tell you it's very, very real, all right? So, um, so under the anointing the Holy, uh, of the Holy Spirit, um, Saul did not make a covenant with the enemy. And then, however, without the anointing, I'm just using him as an example, he agreed to the terms of Goliath. I always wondered about that because if you think about it, <laughs> so they have this one guy intimidating. That's the plan attack of the enemy a lot of times. We just see this one thing. I always thought of like, well, still, Goliath, even though he was big... Like, they all could have just went out together and just took that guy, you know? <laughs> as soon as he's dropped, what? I mean, so, but still, you know, it's kind of amazing that Saul's like, uh, agrees to the terms. Because he said, if you find one person, then all of us will become your slaves kind of thing. But they just needed to come together. So, but still, God was glorified because God was setting up David because God is just so sovereign. He'll use every situation for his good. Amen. So, in the first Samuel 10, 21, right, uh, when they went out to search for Saul to make him the king. So, this was right before he was king. Um, and it says they found him among equipment. <laughs> so, 
He knew that it was God who appointed him. He relied on him for help. So this is Saul early on. And I was really just I'm impressed because he really was with the Lord. First Samuel, uh, look at this, at 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 21. Just second part of it. But when they sought him, he could not be found. Uh, and 22 says, therefore, they inquired of the, Lord's, uh, of the Lord further. Has the man come here yet? And the Lord answered, there he is, hidden among the equipment. All right? I just love that. Uh, God will use you. He will find you. Uh, you won't have to uh, get in the position. I'm next in line to be to, for this. Right? This, we want to do that in our jobs and our careers and things like that. But when the Holy Spirit is driving you, you don't need to shout about it. He'll place you in the position. Amen? Come on. Um, so, but as time went on, Saul, I'm just fast forwarding a little bit. He gets a little prideful. He starts relying on himself because it says he was a great statue. All of a sudden, he's like, yeah, I was pretty tall. You know, I, I got this. And instead of being led by God's voice, he began to allow other opinions of, other, uh, opinions of others to guide him. And uh, so it was because of this that Saul lost his anointing. He started relying himself. And when you start relying on yourself, you start caring about what people say. All of a sudden, you're like, whoa, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm, no, I'm better than him. How, he, how dare he talk to me like that? Things like that, you know? Um, and so that's what happens. That's how the, the Holy Spirit anointing fell off because he started relying on himself. Okay? And instead of being fearless, attacking the enemy, he became a coward. It really did. And instead of fighting the enemy, he started agreeing with the enemy. And the Lord tells him to do one thing. He's like, ah, I'm going to do it with my own little twist on it, right? And um, the thing is, though, as believers, we all can be caught in this position. Um, think about it. Even David, right, who was called the man after God's heart, he fell when he wasn't fighting the battles. When he was, should have been fighting the battle, right? That's what kings do. They go and they, they set an example. Um, when we're with the Lord, we're, we're, we're called to fight the battle, fighting the good fight, Right? But when you're not, you're going to be caught off guard. And that's what happens. You're idle when you're sitting. And Scripture talks numerous times about not to have an idle heart because that's when, that's when the enemy attacks our mind. And it starts always here, right? We have one device and we have Holy Spirit talking to us or the enemy. And we got to be alert and we got to be ready to defend. Amen? So when you're not fighting the battles, guess what? The enemy attacks. But as a Christian, as a believer, you call to constantly fight because we are living in dark times. We're living in times where we have to sustain. We have to have faith. We need that Holy Spirit to sustain us. Amen? So, and, I, and one thing I want to say, God's people aren't supposed to be on the defensive, but they are anointed to attack, take over, and things like that. Because uh, a lot of times we're like, we, we have this image of like, oh, humbling, I'm just nobody. I am nobody. And the Lord is like, you're more than a conqueror in Christ. Come on, Vig. Start, you know, wake up. <laughs> so, um, and so when we're not steadfast, we're starting to agree to the turns of the enemy, just like Saul did, you know. All of a sudden, we're like, we like this thought, and we're going, oh, I like this. And we allow that thought to develop, and that, de uh, that thought can take action, right? So, and you start agreeing with something. And it, wh whatever you agree with, you empower. You give strength to it. Come on, right? So, Will we allow the Holy Spirit or God's word to guide us? Will we be guided by our feelings or be guided by faith? So again, it's the key is the Holy Spirit is what gives you faith to look forward, to look confidently into this world, to do whatever you got to do. Amen? So constantly, I want to bring you just a little, I like to do these. I call them rapid fire or just little booster shots of faith. 
Not, not the other garbage. No, no, no. Constantly reminding yourself of who you are in Christ, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17. So uh, I want us to get into the faith zone. I want to set you up right before I go to my next point. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All right? You are a new creation. Amen? So remind yourself. Next, you have been forgiven. So Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I am, he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Devil reminds you of your sins. Come on. But God reminds you. He's like, I, I don't know what you're doing, Vic, but you keep reminding yourself of your own sin. You know, you need to change your mindset. Get out of that old pattern. Come on. Right? Next, you are made righteous. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. I've talked about this numerous times recently again. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Okay, the righteousness of God is in you. You are made righteous. You are healed in Christ. If your spirit is broken right now, I want to just give you some pump up. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. So we don't have to. Come on. The, the chastisement of our peace was upon him you're struggling with peace he has peace and by his stripes we are healed come on God wants to bless you and remind you today of what he wants how he sees you amen come on Holy Spirit is what's driving and reminding you when you get focused when the Holy Spirit is your guide you'd be able to continuously hear these scriptures the important thing it will also Holy Spirit will, will drive you to his word enemy will do anything he can to just so you don't won't get any word in you uh he will put you know a bad news article in front of you whatever and stuff like that uh have a bad driver you know cut you off and all of a sudden here you are you know needing to repent of all the things that you just said <laughs> but when the holy spirit's your guide you're just like you're seeing again through the lens of christ amen you don't get easily you don't you don't react you start to respond and Jesus was a perfect example of that, right? He wasn't just reacting. Ah! Like, no, he was always given a response, okay? That's what happens when the Holy Spirit drives you. Point number two out of six, moving along. You will be courageous instead of cowardly. When the Holy Spirit is your guide, you will be courageous. You are not going to be afraid. And that's one thing I can assure you that when the Holy Spirit starts to guide us, there's that boldness that comes over us. Uh, and... With the Holy Spirit, boldness was released to Saul. It says released into Saul. Uh, however, without anointing, Saul started playing safe. It's very important to point out. Uh, people who play it safe are usually uh, those who like never stepped outside of, uh, out of their comfort zone, right? They don't change history. They don't make any big impacts around them. Um, because I believe fear is always paralyzing your faith. Fear is what paralyzes your potential, Okay. So it is possible to step out, uh, to take risks uh, with the Holy Spirit because you can be sure that you're going to be protected. <laughs> and a lot of times the Holy Spirit will tell you not to do something. Like, hey, everybody's doing it, but you shouldn't. Just because everybody's doing it, <laughs> go for it. You know, serve your community. Do the same thing as everybody else is doing. Holy Spirit will prompt you to not do certain things as much as he will tell you to do certain things. Amen? So, but again, I want to say if when we take risk anytime when it comes to growing, developing faith, it will prompt you to take risks, right? Uh, 
risk leads to reward. So again, intimacy with the Holy, Holy Spirit, if you're taking notes, intimacy with the Holy Spirit leads to risk, and risk leads to reward in the presence of God. So um, gives you confidence. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. They're like, we know these guys are fishermen. But then they're like, whoa, presence of God, Holy Spirit. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Come on. People know when you spend time with Jesus. And that, that, there's a boldness that comes with that. It's incredible. It gives you confidence. Again, intimacy is the key to boldness. And boldness is the key to miracles, right? God wants to do miracles. God wants to, everything that's been happening. Jesus said, things that I did, you will do even greater. Like, this is Jesus himself saying that. Come on. That's amazing. Um, but someone who leads a calculated life and, you know, uh, does not dream of, you know, stepping out, um, they won't be, they'll, they'll be timid to come out and pray for somebody. We're living in times where people are just will take the, they will receive a prayer like never before. And uh, one thing that happens when the Holy Spirit comes, it gives you that boldness when the Holy Spirit is driving, it gives you boldness not to be afraid to go and pray for somebody. You don't worry about the result. That's up to God to decide. Your part is obedience, right? Amen? So that's the faith zone we're talking about. Amen? So again, intimacy is the key to boldness. Boldness is the key to miracles. Point number three, when Holy Spirit is our guide, you will serve people instead of fearing them. Okay? When you have intimacy with the Holy Spirit, you will be servant-hearted. We talk about when the Holy Spirit came upon Saul, the fear of God came upon people, okay? But when the Holy Spirit left Saul, fear of people came on to Saul. <laughs> Isn't that amazing, right? Um, he did not fear people be because when he was focused on God, he was just like goal-oriented. He's like, I have this plan, praise God. And that's what happens when you have the Holy Spirit. You won't have these little side things. When you're focused on the Holy Spirit, you won't fall. You won't be distracted by the waves and or anything like that that is around this world. Amen? So, when, you, when we seek to please people, we will disobey God. Uh, generally, that's what happens. God did not ask us to please the people. He told us to serve people. All right? So, the, re the reason I'm leading with this message at the beginning of the year is I do believe God is setting us up. And He wants to turn us into disciples of faith. Not just, uh, just uh, listeners of the word, but doers of the word. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, and Jesus did not live to please people, by the way, right? He said, he, my, I came to please the Father. He just came with the word, what the Lord said, right? So, and he said, it wasn't my words, right? It's just the words of my Father. Um, and he didn't die on the cross just because he only loved people. But because his desire was to obey his Father first. And he said he was obedient to death, okay? Think about it because when people will say, well, wait a minute, what about passage that for God so loved the world? That's right. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Amen? You see that? So it's because God who loved the world, okay? So, and Jesus was just being obedient. So when you are um, living to please people, you won't be able to please God. And all of a sudden you're playing it safe. But your approval needs to come from God only. Amen? Uh, because people make mistakes. God does not make mistakes. <laughs> And when you're walking with God, there's less chances of you making mistakes. Um, but if you're only being led by to love, you know, love people, 
you'll be disappointed. I've seen those people say, oh, love all people, love all people. And then you see these rallies sometimes that so ridiculous. And like, yeah, I, <laughs> some guys like there's like a, a, a bunch of mob walking down the street and they're like screaming. I don't know what they were screaming. Um, and uh, and uh, uh, they were sitting recording from their bedroom. I think uh, people were just shouting, Black Lives Matter. And they, as they're walking just down the Portland Avenue and they're just breaking stuff. And this person's like, yeah, Black Lives Matter. And the next thing you know, he has something fly through his window. And all of a sudden, I'm with you guys. Come on, I'm with you. Why, why? And then more stuff starts flying in because you're being led by your feelings, right? You're just like, you know, what? that's what happens. You know, there's um, people get distracted when they're not being led by the Holy Spirit. Anyways, I'm just saying that if you're just lonely driven by love for people, you're going to be disappointed because people suck. I say that, and that's true because that's what happens. We're falling in the sinful world. Not all, not all. But, you know, there's people that will just, you will lose your disappointment. So, anyways, that love uh, will have difficult time lasting when people uh, show true colors. <laughs> okay? So that's why, but if God is the reason that you love people, you will love people more. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. If God is the reason that you love people, you, your love will grow. Amen? So, when you do solely things to please people, then you're... I believe you're kind of using them to, to fill insecurities, to build your self-esteem because you're just like relying on their compliment to sustain you. Those people are gone. Oh, my goodness. What's going to happen next, right? Hosanna. Blessed be the, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, they shouted. A few days later, <laughs> like on SpongeBob. Like, Crucify him. We want Barabbas. You see what I mean? So be careful around people that just tell her to tell you to say yes yes you know um number four when you're led by the holy spirit you will fight alongside authority instead of always being frustrated with them okay and uh when the holy spirit comes upon when it says when the holy spirit came upon saul he went to war alongside samuel okay uh but without the holy spirit saul had a continuous friction with samuel did you notice that right um you can't walk in anointing and fight the authority God has placed over you. I know a lot of times we don't want to hear that, but that's what happens. The Holy Spirit will always create a humble heart within you and never a prideful one. Okay? It doesn't mean you're going to be weak. It just means you know how to walk in authority. There's, it's, it, just as there's authority in every other sphere, uh, area and sphere of life, there's authority in the spiritual realm as well. Okay? Um, when you are confronted by someone who is in the position of authority... Uh, what does your reaction look like? That's the question, right? Um, if you begin to notice resentment and all of a sudden there's this anger within you and things like that, then just pay attention. But I'm just saying, you know, there might be a spirit of rebellion within you. Just be aware of that, okay? Because pride and rebellion is what got Satan kicked out from the presence of God, right? And as Christians, we are to team up with authority of God, and, you know, instead of fighting it. And um, then what happens... Uh, I mean, look at it. In Romans chapter 13, 1, it says, Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Um, honor the Holy Spirit by honoring the authority that God placed over you. Even if you don't always agree with them, right? Because there's, there's things, but for example, with the government, we can, we can fight and say, oh, we have such a terrible present. But what are you doing about it? Scripture tells us to pray. Amen? Yeah. It doesn't matter. We don't really know, like, who could be running the government. But, but it, Scripture tells us to pray over that, right? right? 
So instead of being all angry and all this time, oh, there's, all this government sucks and everything like that, our just country's going down to pieces. We're like, well, let's pray about it, right? What are you doing about it? And so I'm the first one that was guilty of that. You know, I was, when I didn't like who the president was, I just stopped praying. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to pray for that guy. And then you realize you're directly, life is directly related to your, what are you doing about it, right? So again, the scripture tells us to pray. And then you won't be frustrated, right? You will start honoring God's position understanding that in everything and in church, you know, when somebody comes with love and tells you something, hey, man, you're on the edge of the cliff, man. I would not recommend you doing that. We could be fighting that. Or when we listen to the Holy Spirit, understanding that, hey, God is using that. God is using him. I mean, God used a donkey <laughs> to, you know, to speak to a man. So I'm just saying God will use anything, but God gives us prompting. When Holy Spirit is guiding us, we're not going to just be frustrated with this and the authority that is over us, right? So again, uh, let's get back to this. Number five. I'm almost landing the plane. Okay. <laughs> you will attack the enemy instead of attacking your friends. Um, again, I'm using the passage of Saul. Uh, when the Holy Spirit was with Saul, he fought true enemies. And when the Spirit of God left, he sought to kill friends. Um, it says that when, you know, Holy Spirit left Saul, he sought to kill David, a man who was actually fighting for him. Notice how enemy just, he twists things, Right? And so that's what happens when the Holy Spirit is not your God. You, all of a sudden you're turning on people that are there to actually uplift you, to encourage you, to build you up, right? And closeness with Holy Spirit, it gives you that clarity. And it comes, um, you know, to authority who God placed, who God placed around you. It, it will impact every aspect, right? Um, as Christ's character, I want to say, develops in you, you will notice that out of your heart you will begin to flow words of encouragement. You'll begin to uplift others. You, you won't be constantly suspicious of people. You will, uh, you will see that God has placed Davids around you for there to guide you, right? And again, that point is very valid because uh, Saul, man, when he wasn't with the Holy Spirit, he was fighting the wrong battle. <laughs> when you're not walking with the Holy Spirit, you start fighting your spouse. And I'm telling you guys how many times where I was like, wow, what, what am I doing? And all of a sudden you pray, you're like, wow, that's the enemies causing that fight between me and my wife. <laughs> yeah. You see what I mean? The clarity that comes, it's amazing. When the Holy Spirit drives you, you, you start attacking the actual enemy, right? Who is the devil who condemns, attacks, and he causes any stirring, okay? And so, and again, I want to point out, um, devil attacks something that's valuable, Right? If you're playing on a team, you're marking an important uh, person, right? If I was playing on the basketball team, nobody would be guarding me. Like if I was in the NBA, <laughs> I'm sure. No, I mean, nobody would, right? You guard who you, who you value the most. So when you are in the battle, and last time I talked about it, don't be afraid of conflicts. When you're fighting, that means th there's, there's tension. There's something happening. You can fight the wrong battle, get in it, and then only to realize like, wow, why wasn't I focused on the real enemy, which is the devil, right? And so God gives you that clarity when the Holy Spirit guides you. Last uh, point. The Holy Spirit is your God. You will be mission-minded instead of ambition-driven. Uh, when the Holy Spirit came upon Saul, he wanted to save the city. When the Holy Spirit left, Saul wanted to save his title. He was about possession, uh, just position, this is mine kind of thing. And without Holy Spirit, you'll be obsessed with titles, positions, ranks, 
but with him, you care more about your calling, your purpose, and your mission. See, there's a difference, right? It's, it's a different kind of a thing. It's, 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 it's not, it's a, I call it upside down kingdom. <laughs> Scripture says you want to be first, be last. It's reverse. So don't allow yourself to become inward focused, entitled. I was living in that time, that most popular word, entitled. Easily offended, suspicious, jealous. These are just, I literally used one story from Saul, just as an example. One story from Saul, right? Just about what happens when you can be driven by the Holy Spirit and what happens then. Or when you step away, when you, Holy Spirit's still there. Which is what happens, you just choose not to listen to him. Okay? And we get caught up in our own physical world that we forget about the spiritual, right? So, let's stand to our feet. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to use your life, okay? For the true cause you were meant to live. For the true cause that we were meant to live. We were called to save the lost, right? Heal the sick, cast out demons. You know, that's the scripture. He's our shepherd and we're his sheep. But let me, let me say this amazing. This revelation came very last minute, I was about to leave my office, church office, when I was praying this morning. Sheep don't bark. <laughs> we're, we're his sheep, right? Like, he's our shepherd, okay? So, sheep trust their shepherd to lead them to green pastures. So, when you trust the Lord, he will guide you to green pastures, right? And that Holy Spirit that he plays is that guy that's continuous with us. Holy, uh, Jesus said, I don't want them to be left alone. Because when they were with Jesus, uh, they were like, great. But then he's like, I'm going to go. But don't worry about it. I, will, I can always be with you. That's why I sent the Holy Spirit. And today in this place, if you don't feel like you're having receiving a guide of the Holy Spirit. And you want to receive Holy Spirit, come, come, come forth. You know, receive Jesus and receive that freedom. Because God wants to give you the freedom. Amen. And that's when you start living for God's approval, not people's approval. Amen. And this is what happens. This is what grows your faith. This is what brings you into that continuous faith zone when you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in this life. And I'm telling you, people, we need Holy Spirit like never before. His presence, right? His presence is the Holy Spirit leads us to His presence. And when we walk in His presence, we will not be shaken by anything that's happening around. God trusts you with this time. I want to say that again. God trusts your children for this time. And God has placed enough within you. But you won't know that. You won't receive the revelation if you don't receive Holy Spirit into your life. If you won't receive Him as His God into your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for this word. Lord, we thank you that you've given us multiple examples in the Bible, Lord. They tell us what it means to grow in faith, Lord. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, Lord, we won't be attacking our friends, Lord. We'll be attacking the true enemy. We will be courageous, Lord. We will serve people. We will fight alongside God's authority, Lord. We will attack the enemy. We will be mission-minded, Lord God. We thank you for this powerful word. And I pray, Lord, if there's anybody in here right now, Father, that just feels offended for some reason, maybe something by the word that triggered that, whatever it may be, Lord, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to touch them right now, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, your word is truth, Lord, and only truth can set people free. Father, I pray over every heart, over every soul in this place, Lord. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, when you guide us, Lord, when we focus our attention on you and your presence and what the Holy Spirit does, Lord, 
our life changes, our actions change, our thought process changes, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We love you. We worship you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. In Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Love that hymn. If you need more prayer, please come up. Otherwise, don't forget, ladies meeting this Tuesday, 6.30. Carnivore, uh, 6.30 as well, this Thursday. Invite your friends, and then we'll see you guys uh, on Sunday. God bless. Come on my soul, oh don't you get shy